If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe Podcast family. That's B-L-E-A-V. Uh, that is the name of the network. Um, I I feel like it should be Slab of Believe. Uh, that sounds better. I don't know. Believe? You want to say believe? This is my attempt at making fun of wordplay of the name that I think is really weird and that is also perhaps in your favorite podcast platform, Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. I wouldn't name it that, but enough of that, Mishigas, uh, and on to this week's guest. Uh, shall I say friend of the pod? That shouldn't be the first thing because she's a great comedian and, and now she's bi-coastal. Uh, how fancy. Please get up for Catherine McCafferty, everybody. Hell yeah. Pew, pew, pew. I do my own sound effects. That's yeah. right, ladies and gentle ladies, and by not by. <laughs> yep, yeah, go for it. Non- we'll th- giving you space. Oh, ladies, gentle ladies, non-binary people. Those are the only people that I talk to. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Apparently, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's just no more space for the, the other folks. I don't know. I just, in my head, gentle ladies was also gentlemen. And then I was like, is it though? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it is. (laughs) I mean, to that point, I've always wondered, like, you know, gentlemen's clubs are hardly full of any gentlemen, you know? That's fair. They're full of girls, girls, girls. <laughs> yeah, this isn't. I forget whose observation this is, but it's full of live girls, as if to suggest that there are other places where they're not live. Sometimes, you know. Eey. Sometimes they're dead inside. Most of the time, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and we'll just uh, place the blame on the uh, patriarchy for that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah. it's kind of a catch-all at this point yeah it is it is and it's uh sadly gonna it's gonna be that way for a while longer hopefully just a little while because i mean the patriarchy oppresses everyone in it um no matter what your gender is mm-hmm. so. Inclu- including straight white cis men yeah it oppresses them um it also like something that benefits you can also oppress you yeah you know in terms of like oh god I don't know I I just think of back to like my dad and I'm like man if you could have hugged 
another man or like been in theater like he was in theater Mm -hmm. um and he fucking loved it right but then he just like went into law and like and also before that was part of the chicago um police department so toxic Mm -hmm. and did that because his dad was you know like and his brother was also so he Mm -hmm. was like well we just become police officers that's just what you do and it's like no you don't have to and he loved writing he always talked about how he wanted to write a book but like whatever it was he was just like no I think I'll just be shackled to societal norms and then he fucking died so (laughs) (laughs) oh that almost sounds like my dad oh he's not dead yet that may be the big difference not yet baby no but he he said he had some like you know um sort of artsy interests like he I think he liked drawing and then he joined the military because he couldn't afford uh more semesters of college it was in UCLA and like they kind of beat that out of him and then he's like gotten a little bit back to it but it's I'm betting it's not the same yeah, I think it's just hard. Um, and I'm I'm excited for um, the new generation of men that I at least see who are like a little bit more open. But at the same time, I'm in New York. I used to be in LA. I grew up in Chicago. It's like, these are major cities where mm. we're having these conversations. So I don't know in Idaho, if like, a guy who's like 16 really feels like I can express myself, but still like my sexuality is not threatened, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. No, the idea of a man's man is still uh, hotly contested in a state like that. I'm betting. Yeah, probably because of the fucking Josh Howleys of the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or like, I don't even want to say his name right, you know? (laughs) (laughs) To give him more power. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, But how are you doing, Catherine? I'm doing okay. Um, Mm. This is a podcast, but we are on Zoom together. And I'm like, my hair is newly dyed. And Mm. whenever I newly dye it red, um, well, I don't do that. I have people for that. Okay. <laughs> um, but whatever it's newly dyed, it always like looks dirty when it's just shiny. So right. this is like a brag, but also I'm calling out that my hair looks fucking dirty. Um, <laughs> can I swear on this? You <laughs> can okay? swear. You can totally swear on this. Well, what it, it would be so funny to have a comedy news podcast where it was completely clean. Yeah, that would be odd. But also, I don't know. Like to each his own. I don't want to yuck your yum. Yep. Um, no, it, it but I newly lo- moved. I newly moved to New York, so that's wow. Um, congrats. That's, that's new with me. Do you have a Do you have a New York sound effect? You said you do your own sound effects. <laughs> I, I newly moved to New York. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. You know, take it up with the sound people. Yep, that's just ladies the sound of ladies. New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Catherine also has stars in her hair. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, shiny. Find, I couldn't find like a normal um, hair tie. And so mm-hmm. this was give, gifted to me 
Um, it has jewelry on it, which is mm-hmm. very much not my style. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, hey, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Right, right. But I think that does bring out the shine in your hair more than, I, I don't know, it didn't look mm-hmm. dirty to me. Well, you're wrong and I'm here to tell you that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I won't further try to unpack that at all. <laughs> So you just moved. How long have you been in New York? Eight days. Eight. Wow. What has happened in the last eight days? Eight whole days. And I just had therapy yesterday where I was like, um, I don't have a best friend yet. I haven't been booked on shows. Like I'm doing so much. And she was like, oh, wow. Like how long have you been out there? I was like a week. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, hmm. So did you hear what I just heard? <laughs> I was like, um, no, what I heard was an appropriate amount of time to get a best friend and to be booked on all of the shows. Okay. Yeah. Thanks yeah. I just want to create like a whole new life and a career uh, in, you know, less time. Seven, seven days. Seven <laughs> okay. Days. Yeah. If God can do it, I can do it. Yep. That is where I was going to go. Good. Because <laughs> you got there for me. Um, yeah, so, I mean, wow, so much to go through there. Like, what are you, how are you searching for a best friend in a new city as you're trying to get on shows and like, you got a brand new job, you just moved in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How are you going to, how are you going to go about that? Um, well, I've just been like open mouth kissing everyone that I meet. So um, that's how you, that's how you find a best friend. My girlfriend feels like upset about it right okay honey (laughs) oh is this a ongoing debate of like you're I'm not your best friend (laughs) no I think that if I open mouth kissed everyone I met she would have feelings about it but um, (laughs) uh but no I um I've been going to a lot of shows and trying to introduce myself to people um Mm. so but with crippling social anxiety that is hard um I've gotten a few people's phone numbers so now the next step would be to text them yes to start a friendship that that does seem to stand to reason (laughs) yeah And, and something tells me that you have not yet taken that step no, because it's like, what do you say? And I've, I have so many drafts, like in my notes, <laughs> just being like, hey, would you want to like grab a drink or coffee? No big deal if you don't. And then I'm like, delete that last part. That last part <laughs> is crazy. They uh-huh. gave you their phone number. <laughs> right. And then I just like forget. And then the next day I'm in the same spot where I'm like, oh, wait, I need, I sh- should text this person. You know? mm-hmm. oh, and then. Friendship is very hard. It's good to know that there's that on the other end. I, I, sometimes I have to, like, if I get somebody's number, it's obviously because we had a very nice time chatting and there might have been a connection or a spark of some kind. And uh, I'm the sort of person who, you know, I'm like, I, I will, you know, maybe text you like, that night but Mm -hmm. so yeah i'll i'll wait until the morning and uh yeah but i i don't 
I, I pull that trigger quick on what, whether I read back the text or not. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. Maybe I should have revised that. I just go right away rather than. That's good though. I used to be like that. And then I don't know, like I've just had a bout of like anxiety and depression where like the people who are close in my life are like, you need medicine. And I'm like, okay, heard. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So it has made it really difficult to like reach out to people, especially because I have this thing that I realized I didn't know. (laughs) This is fun. Yes, Um, it is. This will, this will get me more friends actually. Okay. Sure. Um, I do this thing, which I thought everyone did where you have a whole conversation in your head with another person um, Mm -hmm. as though it's real. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I get confused and I think that it actually happened. And then I text them or call them or talk to them as though that has happened. And um, it's confusing for the other person. Yeah, it would Uh, be. Yeah, yeah. So I have, I think, destroyed... um, maybe two friendships since I've been here because I've done that. Oh no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Only because if you newly meet someone and then they act very odd towards you, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, we're not going to be friends because you seem crazy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I've been like, well, you can't just, you can't really, you can't really say that to a new person um like hey here's what's going on with me mental illness Mm. comma I have a full I've I actually had an interaction with you in my head right um so you got like this weird fragmented text from me it made sense though to me you do are you following yeah 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 so um other people don't do that though um no, I don't think that's too common of a thing. I will say mm-hmm. I'm game for, well, I'm biased because we're already friends. We're already friends though, right? Yeah, we already have like a thing. We have a spin it's move really that cool. cannot be d- demonstrated on the podcast, but it is cool. Yeah. It is cool. Okay, take our word for it. Thank yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you see me or Catherine, do a spin move, uh, have like punk rock hands and then take a knee you know that you saw something awesome. Yeah, exactly. That you yeah. were not a part of. But if you wanted to be and you're a nice person, you could be. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, I I would be game for that as long as, like, I just hate people, like, um, not showing up and re- or, like, rescheduling so much that it ends, it's, like, effectively you not showing up anyway. Oh, well, that's tough. I think that happens a lot in L.A., Oh yeah. But not so much here where like, like people have been surprised that when I say like, oh my God, I'll come to your show that I actually go. (laughs) Oh, people just don't do things or agree to do things. I said I would come and, but they know that I'm like in town. What is that? It's a package. Oh, wow. Do you need to go get that? No, they should just put it inside like normal people. Why okay. would I need? I don't have. I'm not important enough to have something I need to sign for. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what you pulled off in eight days. I know, not enough. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, but people know that I'm, I just moved from LA. So I think they have lower expectations of like, if I'm going to show up. Oh, right. Yeah, because we have this reputation of just not doing shit. Yeah. Even though there's already, already, we're not even fully back open in LA yet. We're getting there. But uh, people already telling me like, oh, there's too much stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's why I had to move. I was like, mm-hmm. I want to be inundated with stuff. Yeah. And are you, I mean, if it sounds like you are. Yeah, I am. Um, that's kind of my personality though. I will say mm. that I take on too much too fast and then I become incredibly overwhelmed and sometimes ill. Right. Right. <laughs> and have you, have you done any work to sort of remedy that? No, I'm taking vitamins. That's good. You guys <laughs> missed a very juicy eyebrow race from Catherine during that pause. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm figuring out. I'm I'm taking Thanksgiving off. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. Yeah, but like, I mean, also from the holiday, I'm not Mm -hmm. going to be with other humans. Oh, cool. What are you gonna Um, do? Um, I'll probably like watch a movie or something, and like maybe stay in bed all day. Wow. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm kind of leaning towards not doing anything Thanksgiving-ish in the sense like I don't necessarily want to be with like uh, like a family gathering maybe or mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I wonder if she's going to listen to this like more time with my roommate. <laughs> Hey, listen, we were quarantined with our roommates. We like, uh, we live with them. Why do we have to hang out with them all the time? Yeah, we, it's, it's already built in with all of this time. Um, Yeah. yeah, And uh, I don't, hot take, I just don't like turkey. I'm not a big turkey person. Yeah. Well, and I am mostly vegan and sometimes Mm -hmm. I eat fish. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, the, really the only Thanksgiving food I like is just sides. I just love yeah. eating the sides. Yeah. Definitely. If you, if you got biscuits and like mashed potato and a, a, like some real good gravy, hell yeah. Maybe I'll try to like find mashed potatoes or something. It's also hard because food doesn't agree with me. <laughs> just any, so, all food? Yeah, all food. Oh, and no. that is, and I'm not being <laughs> sarcastic in any way. I'm being serious. I've gone to like the emergency room being like, hey, I can't eat. I get sick with anything I eat. And they're like, oh, well, oopsie poopsie. Um, That's what they put on your then, chart. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like literally a doctor was like, um, I would just say like use wet wipes. I was having so much diarrhea and I was like that's what you're prescribing me wet wipes he was like yeah we didn't find anything I was like okay and then I went to like a gastro doctor and they put mm-hmm. me on like this really intense like um antibiotic which mm-hmm. that helped for like a couple months and mm-hmm. now I'm back to like 
everything I eat makes me sick. Oh, no. It's okay. I mean, like, I don't know. Some people, like, love to eat out because they, like, love eating, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like because I fucking hate eating, it saves me a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a positive spin on it. But, I mean, you do, like, need to get some nutrition to... (sighs) sustain your life it's literally the most annoying thing i think (laughs) (sighs) yeah do you have you mentioned this to all your new friends i have well only to some people and then some people are like please stop talking about this I really I do try to take so like I don't pick up on social cues right away but sometimes I do get a sense of like okay these people if you say like I just hate eating will Mm. make fun of you or be like oh must be nice or whatever right you know people are weird about food where I'm like it's not nice yeah it's it's not great. It's not the way to be a person, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> I know. I mean, well, given what you just told me, yes, I would totally understand. I hope there's some other, I mean, I don't know, you need to get a third, fourth, fifth opinion, something like that. There, there can't just be like, yeah, we didn't find anything. You're just going to hate yeah. eating. I mean, I'll definitely figure it out at some point in my life, but um, I have really set up my life to um, be super complicated. Um, (laughs) And you and you've made it even more complicated by living in two cities, kind of. Yeah. 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 Wait, so how is that going to work out? You're currently in New York. You have a place. You have a job. Mm -hmm. Um, And like how like are you gonna keep going back and forth at like and how long of stretches of time is that gonna occupy I mean ideally I would be able to be by coastal but right now financially I can't be so right now I'm just in New York and then um I will visit LA probably in like a couple months for like a week if I can get a week off of work right 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 and yeah oh no what were you gonna say i just like probably won't be for only because like auditioning like you can do that online now um yeah like everything's still online Mm -hmm. so um so it probably won't be more than a week that i'm like visiting la and then hopefully um after a chunk of time i'm able to do more of like a three months here, two months there type of thing. Right. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of the dream, right? It is my dream, but it is not everyone's dream. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, when I say the, I don't mean to be inclusive of everybody to assume like, Oh, wouldn't you want to live this fast paced lifestyle where, you know, you just have to create new friends all the time. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear more about that and what, why, what has, what is the gravity of New York that has drawn you over there? But, 
before we get to any of that, how about some comedy news? Let's do it. Great. Um, <laughs> I love when people are, are excited, whether performatively or not. Um, so the first item of news is there will be a revival of the Stars series Party Down, a cold comedy favorite. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Were you a big fan? Yes. It's so funny because I just started rewatching it um, uh-huh. like a week ago. Um, and I didn't even know that there was a revival until literally this podcast. Wow. Well, it just got announced this morning. So don't feel too, and that's too bad. Why, and that's why I didn't know. Yeah. 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 Do you but, think that I'll be cast in it? Be honest. <laughs> I mean, there, there's room because uh, Lizzie Kaplan, one of the main, 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 main members of the ensemble cast, uh, will not be joining the revival because of scheduling issues she's on an fx series and is slated to do a movie after that so everybody else and the creators uh are all coming back but lizzie kaplan is not and it will be at stars huh i'm excited yeah i'm i'm still excited i wonder well, I mean, the, the cast is bigger than Sex in the City. I was going to try to make it. Wh- what's more devastating, losing Samantha from Sex in the City or losing Lizzie Kaplan from Party Down? Mm, depends on which show is better, like, has more <laughs> of your life, I think. Right. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch the Sex in the City, like, whatever, reboot. Um, yeah. And, and just like that. I think it's called And Just and Like That. It is. is. And my friend directed like a couple episodes, Brag. Um, Oh, nice. She has friends. She has Mm -hmm. successful friends. Um, But so I'm totally going to watch it, Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily like in my, I I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like I watched Party Down and I was like, this is like the comedy that I want to do. And then I feel like I watched Sex in the City because like my mom told me I wasn't allowed to, you know? (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah. I never watched it, I don't think, when it was like actually on the air because I wasn't like quite old enough, or my mom just had weird rules. Who knows? Yeah. But did you my, watch Sex and the City? Yes. Speaking of weird rules, my I watched Sex and the City because I watched it with my family. Oh my god, I love that. Yes. That's my, so awkward. It's very awkward, especially they're both like Christian conservative people. <laughs> and like, yeah, my mom some for whatever reason really got into it. We just kept renting DVD box sets of it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, it was it was it was weird. It was real, real weird. There's so much sex in it. <laughs> There's so much it's sex. It's in the title. Yeah, they live up to the billing. Uh, yeah, and I, um, I don't know. Has that make it? Wow. I maybe that has sort of like, maybe not, like, awkward in watching sex scenes with anybody. 
or like or like it's more awkward to watch with your parents it is but i feel like through sort of forced exposure i've been desensitized to it oh i see so you are like hey i'll watch a sex scene with this fucking stranger yeah like i i i'm so i'm not into porn at all it just doesn't really do anything for me i understand that i'm in the minority very much so i know a lot of people who don't watch porn yeah i think percentage wise that there it's still probably a a minority though yeah probably yeah glad to know know. that there are i mean my girlfriend doesn't watch porn that's what she says and i believe her great uh, I'm glad that there are more people like that out there. It does. It does feel like very al- lonely. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't really watch a lot of porn, and I will say that when I do, I I never find like the. It's hard because I always want to make sure that mm. the people in it are like at least over like 22, right. and. So then I have to do research uh-huh. on like the people, like if I find a video, I have to like be like, okay, who's in this video? And then like right. research that and then see mm. what their career is to be like, wait, have they been doing this for like, since they were like 18, which maybe was 16. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. And then by that time, I'm just like, I'm not horny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, and so now, so I have done a, like a lot of research on sure. porn stars. And right. then I'm like, honestly, the way to fix this is to probably like pay, right? Yes. To like yes. go behind the paywall. But because I don't really watch porn, like it's probably right. once in a, like every three months that I do mm-hmm. this. Um, I'm like, I don't really want to pay for like a subscription service. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you should, if you are into porn, you should pay for your porn and support sex workers. Yes. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I to- totally agree. In fact, we have we had this conversation about me being like a demisexual and what that is? I don't know if we have, but I mm-hmm. think that I do know what that is because I listen to like sex podcasts. That's right. like, but explain. It's um, so. So that is a sexuality that kind of falls under the umbrella of asexuality. Yeah. Weirdly though, because it's it's not that you're necessarily abstaining from sex, but it's just that all of your sexual identity is hinged on deep emotional connection and romance. Yes, I've heard this. And it does not work any other way. So like you doing research for you to make sure everything is equitable and safe. Is like kind of similar, like, you know, for a fantasy of mine to work, there has to be so much grounded reality into it. Mm-hmm. And there's like, I mean, I've even like riffed as a bit on stage of like, well, there would have to be dates and I would want to know what this person like reads. And by the time we like, I go through, play through all these fantasies, which includes so much, so much non-sexual activity. It's like, oh yeah, well, I'm just going to go to sleep now. Yeah. yep yeah yeah um so that's that's all so so you don't like you're you would never be like i go home with people on the first date i you know i think i would be this is a strange thing i think i would be game to go home with them on a first date but only to like hang out i know that that is 
it's never oh, happened. Yeah. It's never okay. happened. But like, um, actually, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's weird. The one and only girlfriend I've ever had, the first day that we actually spent together, like, yeah, I technically went home with her. But we had been talking online and on the phone and on FaceTime for like two months, almost every day. So I don't know if that necessarily counts as like a first, like legitimate first date. Yeah. 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 Not really. No. (sighs) We are very different. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Are are you someone who goes home on the first date or no? Well, hopefully my mom won't listen to this, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'll say like one of the, this is, I like this story. Mm -hmm. This guy that I went on a date with when I first moved to LA, um, he was so nice. He was not significantly older than me, but like, like maybe like seven years older than me. Um, But he was like, you're the bottom. Like he was very, he seemed very much like, oh, you're a little young. Um, You know, like he was established he was he had a house um and uh the date went really well we were like drinking but we weren't like wasted and um then he was like okay well I think we go I was like oh yeah me too and we we go outside and he was like oh I got a car and I was Mm -hmm. like oh great and then we both just got into the uber Uh and because and he was like oh and I was like oh (laughs) um because when he said he got a car somehow in my head I was just like I guess we're just going to the same place um and he was like I'm going home Mm -hmm. um but he didn't say like any he wasn't like get out of this car or anything so then we get back to his house and I was like oh my god you have such a nice house da, 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 da. um and then obviously I slept over and then yeah. in the morning he was like hey so I mean loved what happened but also just so you know I was just gonna go home alone I wasn't like I wasn't trying to be like I got a car you know right. like come in this car with me I was like wow I really didn't read that social cue <laughs> we, we dated for I don't know like four months um so it worked out but Mm -hmm. um uh but yeah I am someone who just assumes like that that's on the table or I used to be I think right like this is just how dates end and then I like was like oh you don't have to like that's not necessarily how dates end right right yeah absolutely uh, I feel like we've been conditioned to think that that's like, oh, that's where you have to start and then you figure mm-hmm. out all the relationship stuff, um, mm-hmm. which makes watching Insecure very interesting on my end because I don't, mm. <laughs> it's just like sex is on the forefront of everybody's mind and uh, it's not on mine. In fact, when I was in New York, just hearing how comics sort of were expressing their lives in the city it's like, my God, you are, or do you guys just get fueled off of having sex? Is that? Yeah. 
Yeah. I think especially right now though, also like the vibe is very much like, let's all just touch each other. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I get that. People have been starved for that. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, guys, I watched all of sex in the city with my parents and it was, it was weird. And uh, yeah, the, the being voyeuristic does absolutely nothing for me. <laughs> so that that was the summary of that uh watch the party down revival and that comes i'm assuming next year uh oh, yeah. and yeah and lizzie capital will be in it just for laughs the famous uh comedy festival started out in montreal but is uh, based out of plenty of other cities as well uh is launching their own nft marketplace um called the Galleria. I'm reading the press release. Um, And their first thing, tell me if this is uh, uh, alluring to you at all. Catherine's already shaking her head no. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I had to read about like what, and I I got it lost in like an NFT, like, like rabbit hole. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, but from what I can understand NFTs are, it's basically you're paying for a digital certificate of authenticity. Yep. And then that, for whatever goddamn reason, operates like a stock. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, that, operates like a stock? Like the value. Can oh, fluctuate. like you could. Yes, yes, yes. It's like um the article that I read that like described it the best way that didn't sound insane to me uh, was um like anyone can own a monet print right but only one person has the original and that's what they're trying to do with digital content right right yeah i get that but that's still like well i don't i don't care for that i don't want like a digital i mean there's certainly a physical print like i own i I went to the Guggenheim and got a Kandinsky that I still need to get you framed. Did, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, to have just a digital version of it. No, I'm not going to pay money for that, but I don't have the people who seem to buy NFTs have so much money. It's like, I need to find reasons to spend this money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it does, I don't know. Do they support good causes? Probably not. Um, sure some do. Yeah, some do. Okay, so in celebration of JFL's 40th anniversary, the comedy conglomerate is now offering fans a chance to own a piece of comedy history included the first ever recorded laugh at the Montreal Comedy Festival. So you're paying for this digital art piece that is going to feature their mascot, Victor, which is that little, like, fun demon with a pointed nose. Mm Um, and it's, it's going to, uh, it's going to be a 3d animated graphic that moves to the rhythm and sound of the first ever laugh recorded at the first ever JFL in 1983. Pass. Yes. Yes. I concur. I mean, I, 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 appreciate the idea of trying to get rid of middle men and having comedians being directly paid for their talent, skill, mm-hmm. content, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is this the way? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but definitely I don't want to pay for a laughing hologram. Um, no. Yeah. 
and that'll kick off the Victor collection. Um, the, the name of the JFL mascot is Victor. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did not. Yeah. Well, there's more useless knowledge. So that's that's happening. That's the thing that they're choosing to do. Uh, I think that JFL expanding to be part of uh, the Moon Tower Comedy Festival was a smart move. I think that was mm-hmm. good. But yeah, a, a lot of comedy brands seem to be getting into NFTs and we'll see how that goes. Whatever. I mean, like, prove me wrong. And then I'll be like, fuck, I wish I had gotten in on the ground floor, you know? Right. And that is how I feel about every single thing that happens. I'm like, yeah, I guess, I guess now people are famous on fucking Clubhouse and they're like killing it. Mm-hmm. But I can't figure it out and I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I just wanted to do this thing that now it seems like you actually have to do like a million other things. Right, 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 right. I wonder if it's going to amount to, you know, using the Monet metaphor, Monet print. Mm -hmm. People recording material and then selling bits of that material as NFTs to people. If sure. you're if you're big enough, which obviously I am, Jake. Right. Okay. Yes, I yes. Live in New York now. I've been here for eight days. <laughs> eight days. Who like give her ten days? Oh my god! Watch out! She won't even be a cocktail waitress anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Does your work listen to podcasts? <laughs> uh, doubt it. Uh, yeah, probably. I'm definitely gonna quit. I mean, like, you know, that's mm-hmm. what you do for service industry jobs. You just like work a bunch and then you're like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> right. Does any service job, like, do they have the audacity, as, excluding like, I guess, a Michelin star restaurant, because I feel like people can make an actual career after like being waiters for those. Um, just well, like. are like career bartenders and they like really like it. Yeah. But for a lot of those high turnover jobs, do, do employers have the audacity to ask you in your interviews? So, so where do you see yourself in five years? Ugh, no. Yeah. I've never been asked that. I've just been asked, like, have you done this exact job before? Which is like any other job, even with acting. They're like, have you been a dead girl in a river on a drama TV show set in Scotland before? No? Oh. I don't even want to see her audition tape. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just and like, this is what? why this is why all actors lie. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, no, I've totally done that. And also I'm 13 years old. Don't look it up. Thank you. Right. Apparently yeah. uh, Javier Bardem lied about playing guitar so he can be cast as Ricky Ricardo and being the Ricardos. And that's that guy. It's that guy. Why does he need to lie about anything? I know. Well, it's like my, my manager was like, can you do an Australian accent? And I was just like, yes, which is like, (laughs) like the known as like one of the hardest accents to do, but I was like the likelihood of you even getting me this audition is so low that I might as well just say yes. Right, right, right. And what happened? She did not get me the audition. Oh, so I didn't even have to know it. Yeah. Do you have an Australian accent that you can 
No, no, I don't. I am good at listening to somebody do an accent and then doing it. So, um, so I, I pick up on them quickly for a small amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can do. Yeah. I think I'm that kind of mimic too. Like I remember I was, there was some sort of thing I was working on with uh, somebody, actually a couple that was like very, very, very much Scottish. Mm-hmm. And like, after just hearing hours and hours and hours yeah. of them talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could eke this out. Yeah. But totally. now, yeah, I haven't talked to them in months, so I don't know about that. So fuck them. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Uh, next news item. I, uh, let's go with... Well, you know, we won't necessarily get to all of these. Or maybe we will. I- I'm going to leave it up to you. I usually don't have this many news items on, on our rundown. So many news items. Yeah. There's like one, two, three, four that you can choose from. I'm choosing? Yeah, I'm, I'm giving, I'm letting it be player's choice. Well, I guess let's talk about something I know nothing about. Uh, uh-huh. Lethal Weapon 5 with Mel Gibson, question mark? Yes. So what one. How? Also, good... why are we still giving him movies? Yes. Th- this is why there's a question mark. Why is there a Lethal Weapon 5? Uh, Lethal Weapon 4 came out when I was like a kid uh, with Jet Li. And uh, that is when they both started saying the quote, I guess, iconic line of like, I'm getting too old for this shit. And uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, that was before uh, we Mel Gibson really got in trouble for all the things that he did and all the anti-Semitic rants, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it, then now, and I'm just going to interrupt for just a sure, brief sure, second, sure. only because um, I have something which is very cool and fun called male blindness, mm-hmm. which is not a scientific term. But I will say that my girlfriend makes fun of me all the time. And I've actually done things here that confirm that I truly can't tell men apart. Um, <laughs> I, I just I'm so sorry. Um, I can't. Uh especially i will say especially i have found white men very Mm. hard to tell apart right i don't think that's on me um and and i'll say people walk up to me all the time and they're like i know you and i'm like no i just have one of those white girl faces and like that's fine who cares Mm -hmm. um so correct me if i'm wrong mel gibson was in les mis no he wasn't okay so who's that that's Russell Crowe. Okay. <laughs> and, and they look the same question mark? Uh not really. I mean they okay. have like a, a beard. Uh, oh well, and that is a face disguise. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not on me. I feel like you have created a fun new game for yourself, Catherine, that you should play in some sort of capacity live on stage. Um, who else do you think Mel Gibson is? (laughs) I mean, honestly, just show me like a man who looks vaguely like Russell Crowe, same person as Mel Gibson. Like, and I will probably be like, yeah, that's Mel Gibson. Like if I were to ask you, like, do you think Mel Gibson was in Star Wars? Would you'd have to think about it? Well, which Star Wars? (laughs) Any of them. Well, I would say I think that Mel. Well, no, I know that Harrison Ford 
Is that who you're talking about? Harrison Well, I mean, there's a lot of white dudes in it, but yeah. There are, but Harrison Ford, I know specifically what he looks like um, because I'm mad at him because he delivered, he's friends with Roman Polanski, noted Mm. child rapist. Yes. Anyway, um, so me and him have a beef, but Mel Gibson also mad at him, but somehow can't distinguish what he looks like. Um, But I think that, I think that him and Russell Crowe, I get mixed up all the time because now I'm thinking Russell Crowe was in Superman. No, which Superman are you that? talking about? Are you talking about like the '90s, '80s, '90s Superman, or are you talking about no, the, the newer one with Amy Adams? Maybe that's with that's Amy a Adams guy. That's a guy named Brandon Ruth. Wait, what? A new person? Yeah, I'm saying Superman, he plays like his dad. Oh, his dad. Okay, Russell Crowe does play his dad. Okay, okay, phew. <laughs> oh, man. let me actually double check that maybe i have no blindness <laughs> yeah maybe it's mel gibson no it's not, not. It, it's it's not mel gibson um okay. so yeah. is this the new okay so mel gibson is in lee's little weapon not russell crowe but maybe it no. should be just no. flip them out yeah just exchange them actually we're Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so Russell Crowe is in Man of Steel. Okay. okay. We're, yeah, we're right. Well, at least you Ew. got that. Yeah, right. No, so Lethal Weapon is, for all intents and purposes, a dark action comedy. Um, I think Lethal Weapon 3 was expressly dark. But um, there's, like, jokes. It's supposed to be a buddy comedy and then, like, a sort of action thriller cop movie as well but uh we haven't seen one since let's uh lethal weapon 4 came out in two not even two 1998 1998 baby so so it's not only like we're giving mel gibson movies because apparently somebody somewhere decided he had done enough uh to pay for his penance and also, Gross. okay, 1998, that's been uh, 23 years. Who is asking for another lethal weapon? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, <laughs> Mel Gibson is. And I he's going he's to- producer on it. Yeah, he's going to direct it because the director of a lot of the uh, original movies has since passed. Oh, he's directing it? Yeah, that's also part of this. Well, okay. Well, yeah, Mel Gibson was like, let's do Lethal Weapon 5. Right. I'll star in it and direct it. Everybody shut up. Right. And this is just another ongoing point in my constant, like, campaign to wonder when... Is anything original ever going to get made again? It just, like, everything has to be from IP because Mm -hmm. studios have no faith in people going to watch stuff that doesn't already exist correct and i just that just saddens me yeah i don't know that's why i like to perform live yeah (laughs) oh you're not saying you're based off of ip Catherine? maybe (laughs) i only do lethal weapon jokes (laughs) (laughs) oh uh i think you would hate going through that movie series i've never seen it so yeah i probably would 
I used to, as a kid, ask when we would go to the video store, mm -hmm. um, I would be like, is there a girl in it with mm -hmm. every single like movie that my, because we would go, my parents were divorced. We would go with mm -hmm. my dad and my brother right. and they would like pick out a movie and I'd say, is there a girl in it? And right. I would always get made fun of. And then recently my brother apologized to me because he was like, actually that was a very valid question that as like a very small child you were picking up on right, the fact right, right. that women weren't talking like just as themselves in a right. lot of movies they were just serving the main storyline and yeah. I was like yeah see <laughs> right so you came you kind of like surmised the Bechtel test before you were even aware of it yeah, just as a very small child, just asking because Peter, my brother, would get upset because he'd be like, "Every movie has a girl in it," but like <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't the actual question. I was like, "Am I gonna be looking at someone who looks like me talk right for a large p amount of this movie, or am I gonna watch a bunch of men uh -huh. jack off?" <laughs> right. So, what'd you guys end up running? try to switch off but because all the movies that I wanted to rent were like it it would really be based on like the covers of these movies uh -huh. and it was like if there were all women on the cover I would be like that movie I want to see that movie right, um, right, right so like I didn't have a ton of say in it but we would try to be you know there was there was always a back and forth where there was like a little bit of a compromise right but, but I like mean, we would watch like Star Wars and okay. um and like Back to the Future. Okay. Um yeah, I was trying to get it as like Steel Magnolias or we would watch Steel Magnolias. Okay. I would watch Overboard a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah. Um what else that, did I watch? that's the cover with all women. No, but my dad liked that movie. So right. Um, and then I really liked Goldie Hawn. So then once I was like, Ooh, I like that girl. Um, right. then we would watch like some Goldie Hawn movies and then we watched like first wives club. We mm -hmm. watched that. Okay. Um, and okay. legally blonde. I loved legally blonde and like anything with Reese Witherspoon. Right. I feel that. I feel that for sure. I feel like I, it might be even still downplayed, but I think we'll, Legally Blonde was a monumental movie for a lot of people that are now in their 30s. It's like such a good movie. Yeah. I like rewatched it recently and I was like, this is great. I do. I am slightly curious if like Kim Kardashian just perchance rewatched it and was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be a lawyer. Is she going to law school? She's trying. I don't keep up with her life, but I mean, she's a smart businesswoman. Look, mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to knock her. Right. I think there are, I mean, obviously she's a problematic person, but we all kind of are. <laughs> yeah, but to not, not to that degree, though. Well, we're just not all in the public light. So, like, I don't think that she takes it as seriously as, like, you should when you have so much sway. Yeah, absolutely. Right.
I mean, kudos to her for getting clemency for people that have been incarcerated for too long. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. There's that. Um, okay, so Lethal Weapon 5 is going to happen. It's in the works. Mel Gibson is going to co-star with Danny Clover and direct. And uh, yeah, question marks still abound with that because I don't know who other than Mel Gibson was asking for that. They could have just put him in another action movie like he's been doing for the last like five years. Um, keep up with his career. Yeah. Surprise. Also, yeah. Well, you have male blindness. Why would you? I know. I'm like, oh, well, I genuinely was like mad about Lay Mans. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, I yeah. was like, no, I was like so mad that they cast Mel Gibson in it. Right. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. Did, wait, is does the Mandela effect happen to you a lot? What is that? What's that? I'm sorry. The, the Mandela effect, some people like to claim that it's proof that the multiverse exists, but sometimes it's just proof that, you know, mus- memory can be very fuzzy. It's specifically oh. named, like there was a point in time uh, where Nelson Mandela was incarcerated for so long that people thought he had just died. And then oh, when he yeah. got freed, um, people were like, wait, he's alive? Mm. And then a lot of the other examples are just like, you know, the uh, uh, Berenstein Bears is actually the Berenstein Bears. Oh, yes. I have heard of this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Does that sort of thing happen to you a lot, Catherine? Well, I feel like earlier in this conversation, I explained that I have full realities that happen in my head and Mm -hmm. i think that they're real so yes (laughs) (laughs) fair fair that's fair i do think that would be an entertaining solo show where you just sort of manifest your those other realities into actual things on stage i know it is confusing because it is confusing to parse out like when i don't know like when did that start becoming a thing Mm-hmm. that I started to do right. which I think I think it is like after my dad died like I would right. have grief blackouts where I would be like I blocked out last night and I didn't mm-hmm. like drink or smoke or do anything mm-hmm. and right. my therapist was like oh what do you mean and I'd be like well I was like out with friends mm-hmm. and then I was just home wow. <laughs> and she was like well, that could be like a grief, like, like kind of more like a brownout, you know, where you're just like, I guess I went to bed. Um, but yeah, very interesting. The human, the human condition is very interesting. And I've had that a little bit, like when I am under intense stress or mm. if I'm really tired, which has been happening here sure. where I'm like, like, it's just small things where I'm like, mm-hmm. Hey, why is this in my fridge? And it's like, oh, I, I went to the store like late at night yesterday. Right. But I just like kind of brown out a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. no, like if I'm just really tired. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a little it's, crazy. It's a little crazy. It's just interesting. I wonder what's happening in your brain where, you know, you're, there's this sort of, lack of ability to differentiate between like those imagined conversations or just like not remembering 
those those brownout moments yeah i don't know i would love to take like a scan of my brain but um so far i'm just trying to get a psychiatrist (laughs) yeah yeah wait you said you had therapy today or monday monday yeah yesterday so you're looking for another mental health professional on top of that a psychiatrist yeah because a psychiatrist a can't give you medicine yes. and i'm saying i want drugs only because everyone in my life has been like you need drugs and i was like right. oh okay <laughs> just because like these things like on by themselves feel mm-hmm. like not a big deal and then right. if you put them all together it's like something's going on right yeah mm-hmm. it's i mean we barely understand you know it's interesting i had to i changed my health plan uh for several reasons uh over a year ago um and a part of that was to get like like actual like fully licensed therapists and not going sliding scale therapy for people Mm -hmm. just getting their hours and i had to take a test that was basically like are you depressed or anxious enough to go to therapy So they'd ask you all these questions and, you know, I thought I was going to score higher with depression than anxiety, but it turned the other way around. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really think of myself as an anxious person in the traditional Mm. conception of it, but the fact that I sleep so little is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I just recently figured out that like some people can just talk to other people. Yeah. (laughs) what what is this how do you reach this realization Catherine? well i practice conversations before i have them and um (laughs) have you done that with me probably or or afterwards if i have an interaction with someone if i'm Mm. walking home like i did this last night i i I talked to someone and this is where it starts then feeling then filling in blanks of being like this is actually what happened and I have to go back and so I go back and I I go I replay what actually happened and I do both parts of the conversation as I walk home Mm -hmm. and then sometimes I keep talking right and so like if I keep talking that's when the weirdness comes in because if I keep talking in the conversation sometimes my brain goes and that is actually what happened and it's like no you left Oh, it's like you're, you're the, it's almost as the real life conversation you're replaying as a suggestion to an improv scene that you're doing and you're just yes Mm -hmm. anding your own brain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of fun hand motions that Catherine's doing everybody. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I mean, if there's something that irks me about a conversation, I might do a bit of that, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't really replay conversations every single one wow yeah it's part of why i don't sleep but anyway does that ever make it into stand-up at all um no not yet because i haven't dealt with it yet so i try to i mean like Mm -hmm. maybe i'll talk about it in an open mic or something but um but i try to deal with something that might be like traumatic or like a little bit right like like I started talking about my dad's death four days after he died which was like too soon yeah and then people were like worried about me right and 
and I've learned the lesson of being like, I actually need to process things and then yep. make them jokes. Mm -hmm. So first I'm going to figure out how to medicate myself yeah. so that my reality is my reality and my imagination is my imagination. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I totally understand. And good on you for understanding that too soon goes both ways. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um i'm excited uh catherine has some of the best dead dad jokes out there they're so fun thank you so much you you really don't see them coming either no you don't i didn't see his death coming you know so i just want to put you there <laughs> i set you up for that <laughs> <laughs> thanks for uh thanks for that. yeah thanks for taking the swing um so you let's move up back to you moving to New York. You've been dreaming to moving for to New York for a while, or I mean, we ran into each other yeah. in October there. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you've been to New York before, but like it was yeah. this sort of like, all right, I'm going to try it out. And if I like it, I really want to go. Kind of. I like tried it out for a couple weeks in October. And then I was just like, so much happier here like even even like obviously wherever you go there you are like you bring all your problems with you sure. but um which clearly I have but just being in the city and being in this city like just really makes me feel alive and excited even at my like lowest low. And in LA, I felt like I was just like so sad and I wasn't writing or performing. Right. Um, but here I can be so sad, but I'm still writing and performing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah. Is it that proverbial energy of the city? I mean, you know, I feel like there is so much stimuli in new york city mm -hmm. because things are so packed in tight mm -hmm. um it i think some people would say that inspires them to do more perform more create more other people would more describe it as like being poked uh mm. and like having to you know i get that so like yeah. my girlfriend feels like it it like really drains her and um and I was like, oh, and it, for LA, it really like fills her up and I feel the opposite. Um, so like, that's why I just feel like I needed to be here to just, I don't know, to just like, um, to know if that feeling is sustainable. Right. Because sometimes it's just like, well, you were on vacation. So like, obviously, but um, I've been here for, you know, eight, such eight, a long time now, eight, eight days. days, listen, say with me, eight days. Um, eight days. Um, <laughs> but those eight days have been really nice and mm -hmm. also so hard. Right. But at none of, at, at no point was I like, I made the wrong choice. Right. Uh, in your eight days and your vacation time, what did, like not to fuel fire on the debate, but what differences have you noticed between the mm. cities? Especially because you grew up in Chicago, so you have experience in all three. Yeah, well, I think New York is a little bit more like Chicago in that like there's a public transit system. And mm. I, um, 
I despise driving. (laughs) That's yet another big difference between me and you, Catherine. I know. I love driving so much. I hate it. I get distracted and then I don't feel like a good driver. Ah, I see. Yeah. So I think it's just like an imagination thing where like I have focusing problems. And so if I'm on the train, I get to like look at people's faces and there's like a lot of stimulation. And then like driving sometimes not all the time, this isn't like an all the time thing, but like just sometimes I get distracted and then I like just miss where I'm going. Um, and I have a fun time, but then right. I'm like, you got a girl, you got to pay attention. Yeah, you are yeah. driving a two ton killing machine. Yes. So, <laughs> so I just felt like I needed to be in a city that like was easier to get around without driving just like take that off my plate for a little bit Mm -hmm. um and then the stand-up stuff there's just more opportunity to perform here there's more Mm -hmm. shows yeah there are more shows from what what i've seen and just covering it for a few months there are definitely more shows usually two to two and a half times more shows uh la currently has more open mics though which I find yeah. fascinating. Um, and that's, for whatever reason, the sort of hourly slotted mics have not caught on in New York. And I, I, I find that really intriguing. I feel like New Yorkers would be more game for that than people in LA. Yeah, I don't know. I've only been to like a couple mics here. Um, mm. And they've been really um, supportive. <laughs> hey, that's great. That's great. That's awesome. I yeah, know. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm glad you're feeling in a better place. Uh, I mean, I hope you do get up more because Hey, New York people deserve to go see Catherine. She's so funny. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going out there and trying to meet people who produce shows and just, um, you know, because they don't know me from anybody else. So Right. And I have a tape that I send out. So. Right. And wait, do you still do your, the, the improvised dad stream? I forgot what it was called. Oh, call your dad. Call yeah. your dad. So we do call So we're taking a holiday hiatus, but our next one is, I don't know when this comes out, but our next one is on Wednesday of next week, which is the 24th. Great. It, it, it is a, is a hell of a show. Uh, I did it and asked, Probably one of the heaviest questions that the podcast is at. Um, our podcast? Yeah, or no. the, no, the Call Your Dad live stream, sorry. Yeah, no, I you are actually like right on par. We last week had like a domestic violence question. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Did the dad break character? <laughs> um... There was a little bit of breaking character at the end, but during it, it was just kind of letting this person like say what they needed to say. And then like, the, I think the dad handled it really well. Mm-hmm. He was like, I shouldn't have done that. Obviously right. I shouldn't have done that. And right. also at the same time, I'm really wondering what I've experienced that led me, led me to that point. 
because it clearly wasn't about you. Right. Yeah. Um, so there was like that where it's like, you can't really take on somebody who has like beat up their kid. You can't really like figure that out in an, like in a Twitch show where someone's pretending to be your dad. No, but, you can't. But you can give them like, you know, like we talked about, cause there was guilt on the callers part of just saying like, you know, this guy is probably going to die alone now because I've cut him out of my life. And so we talked a little bit about that where it's like, hey, like if you if you want to feel that, feel the weight of that, you totally should and can and mm. walk through it. Right. But like, know that you can't set yourself on fire to keep someone else warm, you know? Right, right. So like, there was a lot of like that talk of being like, at some point you might want to, explore where your dad's hurt was in -hmm. his past but right now it just really sounds like get the fuck out of this situation yeah yeah yeah. set yourself on fire so you to not keep someone or you can't set yourself on fire to keep somebody else warm. that would have been a good line to for me to use but Mm -hmm. that's in the past i i asked if my dad would disown me if he knew I was agnostic. And thankfully, he does not listen to this podcast either. So that was a very, very heavy question. And uh, yeah. yeah, the chat commented that this is an immovable object meeting an unstoppable force. And yes, there was no resolution. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times there's like, there's not necessarily a resolution. Like, like we're not you know, we never know what the dad's going to say or like how the dad's going to respond. And like a lot of times, like this person isn't your actual father, but like their take on it might not be something you want to hear. Just like your dad's take on it might not be something you want to hear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, trust me. I have tons of real life experience with that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's almost nothing I want to (laughs) hear. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 Um, it's been such a lovely time having you on, Catherine. Thank you so this much. Great. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else you would like to promote? Where can people find you online? Yeah, just follow me on, I guess, Instagram because I like weirdly deleted my Twitter and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But I'm at Catherine underscore McCaff. Mm-hmm. That'll be um, in and- the show notes. Yeah, so just follow me there and you'll see like the updates on my shows and stuff. Right, and uh, check in on Call Your Dad next Wednesday. And um, yeah, New York, uh, go go see Catherine, put her on your shows if that's who's listening or, or, or LA when she comes back in a few, few months, question yeah, mark? Yeah, a few months. And uh, you know, Support original movies. Don't go see the Lethal Weapon Five. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Jake. This was no fun. problem. No problem. I am Jake Kroger. I run the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com at the Comedy Bureau across socials. You can follow me on Instagram at not the supermarket on Twitter at MFJ Kroger. There's so many great causes to support at this time. Please support those. But if you have money or generosity over uh, left over after that, support the Comedy Bureau because it's been going for 11 years. And uh, with that, do you have anything to say as we sign off? No! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> have a nice day. Great. <laughs> uh, comedy of all kinds is happening. Please support it. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.